everybody, and I'll welcome back to another exciting episode of Hooked on Hitchcock. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and I've got my awesome, awesome co-host here. How are you doing, G. Larry Butler? Hello, hello, hello. I'm just peachy. How about just, yourself? Just peachy? I've never understood that. Are, are peaches, like, you know, that, that good of a thing to be? Well, yeah, I'm not quite as juicy as a peach, but <laughs> I all right. I didn't need to know that information, but all right. We're we're moving on. Uh I don't want to talk about G. Larry Butler tasting like a peach. Um <laughs> uh so Larry, uh this is your first time watching To Catch a Thief. That was the movie that we're uh doing today. That it is. Did and you enjoy it? I was I loved it. Um especially the second time. You know, the first time, I think I watched it with my wife, so we just watched the whole thing. Second time, stop motion, right? And then I take notes, and I watched a minute and then take, stop it and take more notes. And so I really observed a lot more that way. I caught the nuances I missed the first time. So I, I recommend that anybody who wants to take the time to do that, because you really do pick up stuff that you missed the first time. You'd be surprised. So well, yeah. there you go. We'll talk about those, but I don't I didn't do any of that. I don't I don't do that. I just watched the movie. We've talked about that many times. I just watched the movie. That's it. Yeah, but because you have that kind of mind that you can capture everything. I guess. I mean, it's it's easy. Like I've seen it before too. This isn't my first actually, this is like my third or fourth time watching it because I actually really enjoy the movie. Um, but uh yeah, I mean uh well we'll get into it so basically uh the story is a uh let's let's break it down so basically there are some uh jewel there's a jewelry thief happening uh in uh france and um they are sort of thinking that it's this guy who used to do you know the um uh to do thievery because it was the exact same sort of way he was doing it right like he was originally he would originally steal the jewelries the same way the same it was a copycat it's funny uh, they should have made some kind of joke because he is a cat you know he's known as the cat so should have been like he's a copycat to you imitate you know flattery uh, imitation is a fine form of flattery well I have a theory that the person was doing it and using it as that way to draw out that guy, you know, and to make it all obviously look like him, right? Because yeah. that was the point, right? Exactly. To make it look right. like him. That way he gets drawn out, he gets arrested, and then they can... Yeah. They well, can... the problem is that they keep robbing and all the other jewelries. People know it's not him after a while. They'll know there's still another person, you know? doing it yeah they'd have to stop or or go to another town or or something you know, um, I just noticed something uh when to, to catch a thief if you take the first letter of each word it's t cat <laughs> cat i don't know if that was the plan or not but know. that's interesting oh my god i wonder if they you know snuck that in yeah the cat anyway, cat. Yeah, t cat um interesting maybe i don't know but that they did if they didn't intentionally um so basically carrie grant was a uh was a cat burglar 
who was very good. He was he was very silent and everything. And uh, he got uh, he sort of got free. You know, he was he's out there. Um, the cops automatically think it's him and go straight to him. You know, and he evades the cops because he well, tell everybody how he evades the cops. Well, he's pretty pretty clever guy. Um, he uh, they come to his house. He see them. He sees everything from his villa. He has a villa on top of a, a cliff, and he can see the whole Riviera. It's that it's it actually takes place in Monaco and in Cannes too. And I've been there, so I recognize a lot of the scenery. But he sees him coming up the road, and uh, so he opens the door. He's very congenial. He says, "Come on in," you know. And then they said, well, we need to take you downtown. He says, do you mind if I go upstairs and change? Because I'd like to be more of an official guard. They said, oh, not at all. And so he goes up there, locks the door, and they hear it. And so they start up the stairs, and they hear the shotgun go off. That I don't get. I, I don't know why he had to do that. Yeah, you saw it twice. So you, I would have thought that maybe the second time you would have figured it out, you know, whatever. But I guess he did some kind of gunshot thing. Then he leaves out the um, roof. He like He goes up on the roof. Yeah. And then, and then the, 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 his car drives off and they chase it. And it's actually his housekeeper. And that is so funny. That was a great ruse that they. Yep. Him. It was and the whole the time. It was the, the housekeeper. And then he got free and he was able. Uh, he was able to get out and, and take a bus. Or kind of thing like it's like a taxi yes, bus thing the bus and takes the yeah. bus and that's the the funny part because he sits next to a woman with a bird cage right and he started looking at her and then he looks over to his left and it's alfred hitchcock mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he gives him kind of a strange look i know like well alfred just kind of gives him like a look like mm, no it. we don't well, just looking straight ahead deadpan but it, it the whole thing is hilarious and yep. uh, that's one of his better cameos. That was his best cameo, I think. I, I've seen as many of the ones I've seen so far and everything. That's that's my favorite because it right. was it, it felt more like you know, um, so Stan Lee did, did cameos in the Marvel movies right. and everything, and a lot of times he would talk, he would say, like, you know, um, oh, you know, oh, thank you for stopping by, Mr. Reed, you know, or something, you know what I mean? You know, it's just something, um, you know, and everybody would see it and everybody noticed it more. Um, but, you know, Alfred liked to not speak and be sort of in the background, be like an extra, you know, um, where's Waldo? Where's Hitchcock? You know, kind of thing. So I, I liked, uh, I, I like seeing him. It was a very obvious because I was actually looking. This is the first time I was actually looking for Hitchcock, you know, because normally I don't do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you normally ask me, did you see Hitchcock? And I'm like, no, yeah. I didn't see it. But this time I was looking for him. And this was and the funniest thing is it's the one that's just like completely obvious. Oh, you know, like, obvious. yeah, it's so obvious. It was, that was the plan, you know, about nine minutes in. But uh, it's it's a great great time, and you know he's no longer like you said an extra. And maybe does he get more obvious as he goes along? Because I didn't haven't seen many of his movies. But uh, no, I don't think so. I think I literally think that this was the most obvious one. Kind of blended in because the- remember we saw Frenzy before, uh, like last last month we saw Frenzy, and Frenzy was 
uh, had him still in the background, and that was one of his later, later movies. That was 51, wasn't it? What? Was that later than 50? No, that was like 70, like Frenzy? Yeah, yeah, it was like late. So that was like one of his last movies. I think it was his second to last movie. I think he did Frenzy, then he did Family Plot, and he was done. Um, So it uh so i think he just sort of he just mixes it up a little bit tries something different remember he wanted to uh in lifeboat he wanted to be a dead body floating but they cho- chose not to do that you know or whatever which would have been funny as hell you know if i ever remake that movie if i ever get the chance to remake it i would i'll i will play the dead body floating oh, body. Okay. you know right and just because just to give to give it that thing you know like uh that chance um though these days it would probably i'll just be floating in a pool that looks like it's uh in the ocean because that's really literally what people do these days you know um and it still works um but back then they actually filmed in the ocean you know mostly i think kind of thing but anyway let's go back to uh to catch a thief so um yeah, so he gets in the he gets in the bus and he's headed over to see one of his friends who I guess got him out of some trouble, you know. Um, I, now you saw it twice, so you I only saw it once and I'd seen it two other times before, but I forgot. Um, so the guy that set him up at the end was that the guy he went to, or the guy he went to yeah. was that? Yes. Okay. To a restaurant, and it, it's it. It took me a while to figure it out, but the second time I got it, it's all run and operated by by former jewel thieves. Every mm-hmm. one of them, and they they all went to jail, and they all got out of jail on the condition that they helped the French resistance against the Nazis in World War II, and so they all became war heroes, and especially uh, the Cary Grant, who plays a guy named John Robbie. And so Robbie, yeah, there's a double entendre. No, I never, I did pick that up. That's a good, yeah, hey, I like that. But anyway, so he kills 72 people. And we, we found that in the course of a conversation with an insurance inspector later on. But but uh, he's, he's quite the folk hero, apparently. And so they, he's kind of a hero and an anti-hero. And, you know, he did some bad things, but he paid, you know, for it. He went to prison for a few years. And he's he now the thing of it is now he's he hasn't burglarized in 15 years. That's what he claims. And we're not so sure, but at the very beginning, but then later on, we're pretty sure of it. And so he doesn't he really is insulted by this copycat because, um, you know, making him look bad. So he goes to this restaurant. They all give him the cold shoulder. In fact, one person throws pie against the, the window that he's looking through. Right. And, uh, and menaces him with a. a a bottle right or something or a plate well, one guy comes at him to like beat him up or whatever so he he diffuses the situation by throwing a wine bottle at him the guy catches it he doesn't want to drop it and uh so the owner of the place is named- yeah that was actually a really good scene because then there's never seen somebody do that in order to basically stop a guy from coming to attack him which is actually very that should be taught in like you know some kind of like self-defense schools self-defense classes of like throwing something at somebody so they catch it and that way you can like that can help you to like run off you know 
deflecting the situation. The guy that owns the restaurant is Bertani, and I didn't catch it till the very end, but but I don't want to go to the end of the spoiler right now. We'll talk about We'll it. talk about that, yeah. But Bertani is the head guy, and he's the only one that's actually, I won't say friendly, but kind of congenial with him, you know, civil. Well, there's two that's civil with him, um, I believe, if I'm correct. Uh, there's the, the Bertani guy, and then there's, uh, the girl's father. Oh, he is not. He's, he's totally, not? No, he is totally, uh, against him. He gives him this really terrible look. He says, hello. I mean, John, John Robbie says, hi. And the guy just gives him an icy stare and just ices him out. Okay. I, I literally, see, I'm getting it confused because I saw it that one time. So I thought, Who's what? Not? He's the wine steward, and he has a limp. Okay. That, that plays a very important piece in the whole movie, as you'll notice later on. Okay. And uh, everybody thinks he's the one, but then they, they know that he can't be. Um, so um, so the daughter actually is very flirtatious with him. Her name is Danielle. She's the daughter of Fusad. She's a teenage daughter, too. Teenage. They... She's playing 18, but you know how old she really is? I looked it up. How she, old was she? She's a 30-year-old actress. At she, that time? Very, yeah. Uh-huh. Danielle is 30 years old. And he, uh, Cary Grant's 51 in this. Yeah, so, so it was still, still a big age gap, but that's even yeah. bigger age gap if she was a teenager. Yeah, so you know. she's really not interested, but uh, he's more interested in Francine, who, you know, Grace Kelly's character. Interesting how things would have turned out differently had he decided to just be with the teenage girl, you know. Um, but yeah. we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that There's later. Interesting things. And I, I'm not sure if this uh, has anything to do with Hitchcock's preferences or his peccadillos or whatever, but yeah, you know, he, does. he sneaks them in somehow. Well, you know, and that's another thing. This this kind of movie couldn't be made now because if you had somebody like George Clooney hitting on a 18 year old girl or whatever, you yeah. would feel like uh, Woody Allen or something, you know, where it's really not cool. I still 18 is acceptable. I guess it's, it's, you know, well, it's, eyebrows, but 16 it's be a lot worse. Well, yeah, because, but see, uh, what is it? The age, uh, age of consent in England. I'm not sure or not England, France, you know, where this takes place. I don't know what that is, you know, because uh, sometimes there's a age of consent is different in different countries. So they could be 16, but still that's, you know, an American, an American uh, people watching this movie would, would be grossed out by that. You know, we're, we're a lot more sensitive, but I, I saw kids when I was in Europe drinking wine in restaurants at 12. Right water it down a little bit but they still let them do it yeah based on this stuff so they're more mature they don't abuse it like we do but anyway but um so yeah so we were at the restaurant and the police finally find him there they catch up with him and then Fusad, even though he's really kind of mean to john uh he escorts him out he sneaks him out the back way so that, see that's why i assumed he was okay with him even though he gave no, him that little look did it with a stern look on his face and he kind of because he kind of because what i what i remember is says him saying to his daughter you know um just go you know just go with with him or whatever just help you know help him out right you like know, 
daughters never do what their fathers want. She's very smitten with them. So, you know, she gets them on a boat later and uh, tries to seduce right. them. Just won't do it. You're but right. He's like, uh, she she keeps calling him the cat and everything, and yeah, he hates it. He wants to be his kitten. She says, I, I want to be the kitten to your cat. You know, is this sort of thing. And can't we escape to South America? She has some serious daddy issues. You know, Holy shit. Do all this stuff down there, you know, and get away with it. And then she takes him to the beach club by boat, right? Right. And she takes him to Cannes, right? Yeah. And uh, so he changes clothes and all of that. It's, it's Cannes, right? Because I've heard Cannes, I've heard Con. But in this movie, calls it Can. I don't know why they say that, but it's maybe the British version. So anyway, but we call it Con, but or that's a French version of it. I think we go along with it. But um, I was there many years ago. And um, with my mother in '67, so. And, oh, did you go to the Cannes Film Festival then? No, not that. But I did go to Monaco and the Riviera, and I went to the casino. I couldn't get in the casino; I was too young. But um, we should, uh, you know, we got to make a movie and then have it play at Cannes, and then we can all go out there for yeah. it and party up at a. Uh... I had the opportunity to go, and I never did, and I regret it because I've never been since either. So. Well, I mean, it might happen again. You never know. Yes, um, yeah. Uh, you just yep. never know and even if you don't get your movie submitted it's always still a good way if you can get if you can get a uh hotel and can book you know whatever to go there because it's just a it's a good networking experience from what i've understood so anywho uh so they get to can and as they call it and uh he's like floating on the beach you know and oh yeah God, you know can you believe that at 51 no yeah. and i don't know maybe he didn't need a lot of grain because that gives you the belly or drink well, beer. I, i'm sure a lot of that had to do with the fact that Cary grant was a huge star and so he probably had his own trainer yeah. he probably well, had his own nutritionist yes you know all that stuff you're absolutely right on that because i checked him out later him personally and he was so vain that he quit acting at 62. He says, I'm not doing another movie because I'm looking bad. I'm too old. And he never did. They wanted him for the first James Bond. The, the Anne Fleming wanted him to be in his movies before Sean Connery. He turned it down. He would have been the first 007. And I thought that fascinating. I didn't yeah. Know. It would have been for Dr. No, I guess, right? So, Anybody's interested, go to Cary Grant on IMDb, and there's this bio, and there's a lot of trivia things, and it's quite lengthy. And my God, there's stuff that'll raise your eyebrows about him. It's very fascinating stuff. Cary Grant was always like, out of all the actors that have worked with uh, uh, Hitchcock, he was always my favorite. And, and Grace Kelly was always my favorite of his blondes. And so this movie was sort of a, like, to me, I think this is like, I, you know, a lot of people think like North by Northwest when or notorious when they think of Cary Grant, I actually think of this movie and a lot of people don't know it, you know, aren't familiar with this film or, or have ever watched it. So it's, it's yeah, a you should, whoever's listening out there, please, you owe it to yourself. Well, if you haven't watched it, don't listen to our podcast and go watch it. Then come oh, listen to the podcast because we're spoiling the hell out of it. Yeah, but I mean, you know, get the idea. It, it is a romantic thriller. Mm -hmm. 
there's more romance and thriller till the very end actually right it's it's a lot more i mean out of all his movies a lot more talky not very not very uh thriller like there's not much in the way of suspense or like but it is witty i don't think it drags at all actually which is i mean that's a bad word to use but right slows down a little bit but i was really enjoying the the witty banter and you know a lot of that was improvised i Mm -hmm. found that out it was wow they were just good you know what that sounds like it because it seemed like natural dialogue between the two of them you know and uh and they felt comfortable i think um from what i've understood this is what i heard and so it, it may not be truthful so don't call me as like you know take this with a grain of salt for what it's worth but i heard that grace kelly was uh you know would would sort of sleep with a lot of her uh co-stars you know um the like the really good looking ones especially Cary grant but she would not sleep with jimmy stewart and she just didn't have a she didn't have feelings for him like that and stuff and i kind of feel bad because i I like Jimmy Stewart, but I sort of I, I get it. Like if you're not into them, you're not into them. Well, what what, what would Harvey say about that? I, I I've always wondered, you know. <laughs> <laughs> good good uh uh a good Jimmy Stewart impression. There you go. I used to do him. I, used to, I did a show where I did six personalities and Jimmy Durante too. <laughs> I always loved uh Dana Carvey did him for uh as an impression with uh uh you know on, on his stand-up comedy and he did uh jimmy stewart and uh Catherine hepburn oh and I uh must have seen my show well so oh, yeah. he did it and he did uh he was like you know at one point she was she was doing he was doing this thing and then he and then he looked then he uh as jimmy stewart he goes she's flooded (laughs) i just i i every time i hear that i just crack the fuck up because it's it literally did sound the way he did it as like uh catherine hepburn said like a uh uh what is it a, a car or car engine turning over oh god um but anyway uh that's beside the point um so yes so we get to uh so john roby i think his name john right john john roby okay roby yeah roby i think it was roby um but robbie robbie sounds kind of funny i just i don't yeah i think that would have been too on the nose if they had called him robbie you know um, so John Roby uh, ends up um, meeting uh, the uh, like he gets I, I don't know who he calls or whatever I forgot which person he calls but he calls somebody and gets that there's going to be an insurance person that's going to talk to him. Yes, that was um, that the co-stars are fascinating. And, and he the, had to actually uh, what is it uh, like a well what is it what was it called like uh, basically. Um, with the, the the coin, toss the coin in the air, and oh, then the coin, yeah, yeah. He's like flip flip your coin, and he'll know who you are. You know, keep right, so, right. so he kept flipping his coin, and then the guy sort of comes over, and they start is, talking, and is it tails, yeah, 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 that part is it tails, 
And uh, so then he ends up, they end up going over to um, John's house and his villa, which I'm like, are you going to go back to the place where the cops where you are? Yeah, let's go back to the beginning on that. Why did they meet to begin with? Uh, John Robbie goes to the police. He says, look, I need a list of all the people that have the most valuable uh, jewels. And the police weren't too keen on it at first. And they go, oh, this is a good way to catch him because he's going to go after him again. They didn't know he had a plan to catch mm. them, not to get himself caught because he's not doing it. But then they said, put, put, they put him in charge and put him in connection with this uh, inspector. Uh, his name is H.H. Holston. He's an insurance inspector. And they insure, like Lloyd's of London, they insure all the most valuable jewel owners. And so he, he, he meets him at the market and then the police actually catch him with the help of an old lady who catch, ties his arms around a tree, remember? And won't let him yeah, go. that was weird. But like, that was a very strange scene. Yeah, uh, that was that, that just a, the, the way that it was like a, wrapped around the uh, tree just was such a strange looking thing. It looked like almost like a, a fantastic four Reed Richards arms going around or something. Like it was just like, what in the world are what's going on here? Break through that. But anyway, the police take him downtown and then they talk about the whole thing. And then they, he takes this guy to lunch, I guess, apparently a jump cut to have having lunch with uh, this insurance inspector. So apparently the, the cops will them go. And that's. An- yeah, that was a weird jump cut because I thought I was like, didn't he just get arrested? Like, when do we yeah. go? When the next logical scene be down at the uh, police station or something? No, they wanted to reveal during their conversation why they let him go. And he says, oh, I love the French. They did, and I, I wrote it down, but I don't know where it is in my notes. But he says, I love the way they do business over here. And he said something like, uh, I, I just, oh, here it is. The cops grant him provisional liberty based on insufficient evidence. He says, oh, viva la France. I love this place. And it's basically what we do here. You're presumed innocent until proven guilty. And it was originated in France. They're the ones that start that whole thing. Oh, interesting. That's is that real? Is that a thing? Yeah. Okay. They let him go because there's no sufficient evidence to book him. Uh-huh. So let him go. Basically, what they do here, for the most part, unless of course you're a different color, and they, they you know, keep yeah, no, yeah. Uh, racial profiling is uh, is oh yeah. everywhere is a problem. Uh, everybody's always like. Oh, it's such a big deal in America. Yeah, it's a big deal in America. It's a big deal in England. It's a big deal in France. It's a big deal everywhere because, you know, if you're, uh, I hate to say it, but especially if you're black, you get, uh, you get racial profiled, you know, it's a terrible thing. Uh, but I love this scene over, you know, it seems like an innocuous situation over lunch or breakfast, whatever it is. And uh, he reveals his whole backstory about he's an American trapeze artist who got stranded in Europe after his circus disbanded. And then he used his expertise uh, towards a more rewarding uh, purpose. And he only stole from the uh, those who wouldn't go hungry. And then so the insurance inspector says, oh, you're a modern Robin Hood, are you? And he says, no, I'm just a plain thief like you because he's an insurance inspector. So yeah. he gets all this money from the rich. And yeah, he's uh, was it? He's a Robin Hood or uh, Robin Hood? 
yeah. have been like his Robbie Hood. It's a Robbie yeah. Hood. No, I. He says you must have given everything to the poor. He said, "No, I kept it. I'm just a plain thief like you." So he didn't keep it all, but he didn't rob from the from the poor. But I was just, I was making a joke on his last name, Robbie. So Robbie, Robbie Hood. So Robbie Hood. Oh, Robbie Hood. Yes. Yes. There you go. Very good. Um, now, so okay, so yeah, so he's chatting with the the uh, the guy, and uh, the guy's a little like hesitant. The insurance agent guy is a little he- hesitant about giving him the list of the the people. Yeah. Understandably, because this guy's a thief. You know, you're it's basically like giving, you know, the map of the treasure yeah. to 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 the person who's looking for the gold you know what i mean yes. like it's you're it's right there risk. you're you're a very bad risk yeah but then again the point of insurance was that the you know that the if they get stolen that the, they would pay you know yeah but the insurance money it comes out of the insurance company yeah so they don't want they don't want their stuff stolen they don't want that stuff stolen right have to pay out a lot of money. Like yeah. One case alone was two hundred eighty thousand dollars. Yeah. In, in nineteen fifty-five, that was several million. Yeah. So they didn't want. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So he says, um, "Oh, and he brags brags about his German uh, housekeeper." No, I'm not German. Uh, the housekeeper, and he says, "You know, she strangled a German general once without a sound. She's got a very light touch." And that's cool because she's a big woman, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, she's the one that ran away with the car and the police chase her. And then when they stopped her, you know, they, they duped the police. She scolded them. Only in France can you do that. You can't scold the police here. They'll arrest you. But she was like, yada, 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 yada. I don't know, man. And nowadays there are laws in different states where you can actually uh, call the po- called call the police on the police. Did you know um, that? Well, like I think it's like in Washington or something, other states like that, wow. where you can actually, you know, if you're if you are as long as you are not being a being like you know um, being tracked down, like uh-huh. if you just if you just were uh, a little bit speeding or something, and the cops came after you, you could call the police on them. But if you were like running away from the cops because you murdered somebody. That's a different thing, you know, something like that. So there's a there's a thing where like literally cops can't arrest you for doing the stuff that like or not arrest you, but pull you over for the stuff that you would normally uh, get pulled over for. That sounds know? like Portland. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't know where it is, but exactly. But I know it's. I think it's in that 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 area of place and and kind of you know. But there a lot more laws are trying to make that. A lot more states are trying to make that a. A thing because uh, the instead of defunding the police, you're just taking away the the police's um, abilities to to do their job, you know, yeah. or whatever. Which kind of it's it sucks. Like I'm sorry if I'm speeding, I deserve to be pulled over, you know. Like don't go over the speed limit, you know. You know what I mean? Like just seems seems silly to me these days, but you know. Whatever. I don't know. I that yeah, the whole the whole thing is turned on his head now. You can walk out of a store with twelve hundred dollars in merchandise, never be caught. The security guard won't even come after you in San Francisco. Bill Maher the other night did a thing where they stole the security guard's pants. 
and ran out the door with it. And it's like, oh God, he's taking it to extremes, of course. But anyway, so they're uh, they're having lunch, and uh, they he says, okay, I want to meet somebody. Oh, first, first, make me a list of everybody who has valuable jewels. Secondly, introduce me to somebody that that probably has the most jewels. And he says, mm. uh, okay, um, but I, 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 we're not going to do it the way you want us to do it. I, he says, oh, no, the insurance inspector, his name is H.H. Holston. Uh, he says, okay, I'll make an introduction, you know, the British way. Let's introduce. He says, no, 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 no. We can't do it the way you want to do it. We have to do it the dishonest way you know in this business you can't do business the honest way right well and and the reason uh, and i get that too you can't just go up to somebody and say oh this is the cat you know or whatever like and he's he wants to help you make sure your money isn't stolen he's gotta he's gotta be introduced uh on his own way you know uh and and whatnot and uh, and not use the same name because the point is they're not trying to, you know, draw attention to him being there. You know, right. that's that's the big thing is like he can't, you know, he can't, you know, whatever. So yeah. uh, it was interesting. Anyway, uh, make, it, it, make it seem like an accident, which is what right. happened to a casino at the crap table. That's a very funny scene. Where Cary Grant or John, John. Well, I, I love the scene before that too. Okay. Like, well, okay, so before that, you see uh, the mother, the daughter, uh, and uh, the insurance guy all having dinner together because that was that was where he was going to make his introduction originally, and oh. he does in a way because Cary Grant walks, you know, by just on his own, just walking by and the mother's like, Oh my God, look at that man. You know, he's gorgeous. You know, you know, I, she says something to the effect of like, uh, you know, uh, I, I would, or I would get one of those for you or something to the daughter. Yeah, I didn't write that down. Yeah. I love that though. I thought that was the cutest thing. Uh, the, did you know that uh, trivia, that mother is the mother of Carrie Grant in North by Northwest. I did not know that. Yeah, so I guess they liked each other on the oh, set. It was obvious. Or so. Well, they were just. I think they they got along really well in that yeah, movie. Well, he had designs on him in the movie, anyway. Yeah, and he wanted to sleep with him, but uh, you know. The, the, well, she also understood that he was probably closer to his da- her daughter's age and and whatnot. Daughter, but she also kind of wanted him for herself a little bit. Hey, I like you care. Cary Grant's a good-looking dude. Yeah, like he is. He's like I've compared him to George Clooney. He's, you know, he's what the George Clooney of that time, like that, you know. So anyway, um, so they they end up at the crap table, and he drops this ten thousand dollar plaque down this lady's bra, Mm -hmm. you know, deliberately, but it makes it look like an accident. Then he asks for it back. But kind of, you know, uh, embarrassingly. And then she gives him chips instead. He says, oh, I won't count them. <laughs> makes a joke. And he makes everybody at the crap table laugh. And then he attracts the attention of Mrs. Stevens, who's mm-hmm. the, the lady you just mentioned. And uh, so he pretends to be Mr. Burns from Oregon. He's into lumber. You know, it's kind mm-hmm. of a false uh, alibi. What do you call it? AKA? Identification. You know, false, uh, fi- false ID. Yeah. You know. Stevens, uh, she says, why they have dinner or drinks later. They're all drinking. Mm-hmm. 
why haven't you made a pass at my daughter? And he said, well, she is quietly attractive. And Mrs. Stevens says, I'm so sorry I sent her to finishing school. They finished her there. In other words, she's really stiff and she really is. Plays the part she does. Yeah, she's sort of stiff. She's very, uh, you sort of see a different side to her later, but like in the beginning, she's very, you know. Um, that is her and how much is that a character she's playing? Well, here's a here's an interesting thing. So years later, she becomes Princess of Monaco, yeah, which is, you know, which this place takes place close to Monaco and, and in Monaco at, at times. Yeah. But um, she was the Princess of Monaco. And if you watch her walk, you know, in this movie, she walks like a princess. And it wasn't be and this wasn't when she became a princess. This was before she became a princess. But you could already tell she had a little bit of uh, this class to her that her life was being Princess of Monaco. Uh, she's very regal. She is very regal. She. So she walks very straight and stiff. She's very proper. Um, her character. That's what attracted Prince. Uh, was it Philip or whatever? Yeah, you probably saw this movie and thought, "Oh yeah, my god, she's for me. I gotta have her." Yeah, he, she she was in Monaco. What? Uh, maybe she met him there. I don't know the specifics. Maybe so. You know, but she. Uh, which I I watched the movie. There's a movie that's uh, that Nicole Kidman played. Uh, uh grace kelly in the movie i think it's called princess of monaco or something uh, yeah she's really um, did you watch that i'm not sure but she's, she's kind of uh, like i think uh our friend um uh lisa who was on the notorious episode with us i think she recommended the movie so i checked it out and i watched a, you know i watched about half the movie maybe a little less and uh there is a scene where Hitchcock, you know, somebody who plays Hitchcock, walks in and tries to convince her to come back out to to do another movie, and she can't because she's just too tied up with her princess duties, and they won't allow her to, you know, to act again, which is completely different than our society now, where we've got Meghan Merkel or Markle, Markle, you know, going around and uh, basically Princess Meghan, you know. You know, basically uh, coming back to acting, doing all the whatever she wants as a princess, and that shows how different society is nowadays. Where women are, you know, making sure that they can, you know, they'll do what they want to do. You know, well, they released her from any obligations to the royal crown. They didn't like her to begin with. I don't think she was not. Well, you know, our ex-presidents are now, Barack Obama's doing movies, and President Clinton's doing television. And Trump always did movies. <laughs> so you know? No dividing line anymore. It's all Ronald like, Reagan. Yeah. The actor? Before he became president. You ever, you ever, see, you ever seen Back to the Future? You ever yeah. seen Back to the Future where he's oh. like, he's like, oh, who's the president of 1984? And he goes, uh, Ronald Reagan. He goes, the actor? Yeah, like who's who's vice president? Jerry Lewis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a movie where they said, "Who's the president now?" Is it Sylvester Stallone? Oh uh, my god! I think it was an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, it was Last Action Hero. Yes, or so something like that. Yeah. <laughs> god. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Last Action Hero. It was another one. But yeah, it was. Oh, was like, "Who's the president?" And uh, and was it uh, or or my other favorite bit oh. in let what? 
You got a TV uh, guy, Donald Trump, who became president. That's what I'm saying. Donald Trump already was a yeah. he was a TV and he was an actor in uh, films. He was in Home Alone too. Lost yeah. in New York, you know, as himself, but still, you know. Did you know? Well, real quick before we get back to To Catch a Thief, did you know? That he was supposed to, they the the people at the asylum had asked him to be in Sharknado three as the president of the United States. He asked Trump. Yeah, before this was this was made before uh, he actually became president. They actually turned it down because he was going to become he was going to run for president. They didn't want him to act in this movie and then try to run because you know whatnot. So. They got really mad at him at them because they actually uh, um, they tried to do uh, what is it? Um, uh, they they cast Mark Cuban as the the president, and they said you can't cast Mark Cuban. You you asked Trump, and they're like, well, Trump said no. He's yeah. like, yeah, well, we're not going to let you do Mark Cuban because you know blah 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 blah, and like. Whatever they ended up going with Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban ended up uh, playing the president of the United States. So it's sort of funny because real life Trump became the president, and in uh, the asylum world, Mark Cuban was the president of the United States. You know, but anywho, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe the real world, real world and Sharknado are kind of close together. <laughs> um, to go back to Catch a Thief. Um, so yes, yeah, so. You know, we we uh, we meet the two Stevens, the daughter and mother. And yeah. uh, as you said, that the daughter was a little bit more stiff. The mother's a little bit more out there and more, you know, um, lively. You know, she's she's not afraid to say what's on her mind. You know, and I really I just love the mother. Like, absolutely, she's she was one of my favorite characters. Oh yeah. She speaks her mind, you know. She's very old school. I liked I like her, and I liked the teenage French girl. Like those two characters are, I mean, they're completely opposite kind of characters, but they're so much fun, you know, in the movie. Remember how they were vying for his attention, mother and daughter, and he walked her, walked them to their rooms, right? Mm-hmm. They, they were going to go in together, and of course, the mother wanted to come in, and the daughter said, "You know, you probably wanted to go sleep with my mother." something like that he said well I, I had to take you to your room and and then he's ready to leave and she kisses him and very you know brashly for a woman to make advances on a man in the 50s i thought whoa you know she's very forward and then he's a little taken aback by the whole thing and and we found out later that she sleeps her way through college she you know she has a string of men that fall head over heels for her, and then she yeah. dumps them but she's not interested in any of them because she thinks they're after her money. So right. And who wants just her. Well, it's but, so funny that she finds the man who like sort of is only would be only in for her, but also steals money all the time. Steal. You used really to steal. Interested in her. And that's what makes her more interested. There's one way to catch a woman is that to pretend that you're nonchalant. You don't even care about them. And they'll trace you to the ends of the earth. It's an old trick. I know, but it doesn't work for me. Um, I'm just going to say this because I've tried that method. And what normally happens is the the people just move on to someone else, you know, right. and everything. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, what can I do? Like, 
I can't but, win either way. I can't win when I give them attention. Yeah, I know. Can't I, win when I don't give them attention. So I'm just send a Russian, you know, like Trump did, and get get your bride over here. Yeah, maybe I'm I'm not I'm not worrying male Russian bride because most of them are probably spies now. You know, yeah, sent well, from. To, yeah, he can't go to China either. You can't uh, go to China. I can't have a China bride. Settle for Yugoslavia. Maybe Ukraine. There you go. There, I'm sure a lot of them would want to come. I over. actually just met a girl from Ukraine that's uh, in, in Virginia. So there you go. That's the ticket. Right? That's the ticket right there, you know. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so um, what was so the plot thickens because uh, he goes on a swim with uh, Francine, the daughter of Mrs. Stevens. The next day, she invites him for a swim, right? So they go to the beach, and on the way out, he stops at the front desk. And there's a note saying, you know, uh, you've used eight of your nine lies. Don't gamble with the last one. So somebody's threatening right. him. He's wondering, who would do that? Probably the real thief. I'm getting mm-hmm. close. So anyway, they go to the beach, and Danielle goes out to the float, and she flirts with him. He flims out to, to see her. There's this little floating barge, and he tries to discourage her, and she gets really angry. And, and well, I don't even know why she's there, other than we find out later, but like, we don't, like, why is she even bothering him? She should be back over where, you know, across the river or whatever, you know, like. It has something to do with trying to taunt him and entice him at the same time. Like, look what I'm doing. You know, you got to come after me. And so there's like, I think, so like Grace Kelly's, you know, swims over there yeah, and starts talking to them. And uh, he's like, oh, I just met this chick. And he was like, oh, funny how you just met her. And, you know, you guys are on like, you know, buddy, buddy, you know. It's a confrontation. And uh, John accuses uh, Danielle of tipping off the police at the flower market. He gets that in before they even come over. And Danielle asks John, why, why do you want an old car when you can get one cheaper? Referring to Francine. <laughs> Runs better and lasts longer. And then there was kind of a cat fight between them. And Francine comes over and says, looks like you were conjugating irregular verbs over here, which is, yep. you know, short, kind of a, a way to say, you know, talking about sex. And then uh, the Danielle says, this woman looks older up close. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. She like, says that. I, I, sh- I was shocked. Cat claws come out. I know. They really did not. Steps. This is a mere child. To any to a mere child, anything over twenty seems old, and so you know they go after it. All this witty conversation, and uh, so anyway, they they finally go back to shore, and then they go for a drive. Right? She asks him to go on a picnic, and he, he really doesn't want to. And he says, "Well, you kind of have me over a barrel. I don't want to do it, but I, I guess I have to." She makes it too good. I don't know what is his deal. Like, why isn't he just going with it? I mean, he has nothing else to do except. I mean, he has to find the, the thief, but like he's not going to find it during the day. Well, I mean, women you know. throw themselves at him, so he doesn't want some little. Stuff. Once again, very Bond like, you know, James yeah. Bond like, you know, women threw yeah, exactly. themselves he, at Bond. He, he, he was the first pick, but yeah. he turned it down. Um, so anyway, he goes looking for property, uh, actually to look for access points to jewelry owners' estates. And he tells he lies to her. He says, you know, I'm going to try to rent a house. And she knows that that's not for sale or for rent. Yeah, she knows, like, she knows that. 
and she's even like she plays with him too because at one point he's like uh we'll go check out the uh you know uh the side or whatever and and whatnot and then to get to the one part and then she's like weren't we gonna go check out the side and you know like she knows he's just lying you know that and and whatnot but uh you know she just goes with it and allows him to keep kind of digging his hole <laughs> yeah I mean, she knows more about him now too and she says uh what do you expect no he says this to her he says what do you expect to get out of being so nice to me and then she says a lot more than you're willing to offer and then he says you're here to buy a husband and she says the man i want doesn't have a price and then he says well that eliminates me in other words, you know, he, he's not interested at all. Well, I mean, he is, you know, he could be bought, but he doesn't want her. It's a lot of clever talk, and it's all impromptu. It's all improvised. And then she says, uh, why don't you wear jewelry? <coughs> or no, he says that to her. Why don't you wear jewelry? And then she says, I don't like cold things touching my skin. <coughs> and then he says, why don't you buy some hot diamonds? Yeah, why don't you make some hot diamonds or invest in some hot diamonds or something like that? And uh, which I thought was cute, you know. And then she um, said, it wasn't jealousy about uh, Danielle, the little, the young girl. He mm -hmm. said, only disappointment at your limited imagination. It's like, wow, the claws are coming out. I mean, Team they French girls. Ah! And then, uh, so I, I was this before or after they're being chased by the people in the car. That's my next thing I was just coming to. Then the high-speed chase. Go ahead and tell us about that. So there's a high-speed chase involving the cops in a black car. Uh, the cops had seen them at the house, but they, like, stopped ahead. Then when they start driving around, they see them. And then she starts driving like a wild woman, crazy, like. And he's allowing it because there's the, the, the people are behind him. And then there's, like, at one point, there's a a woman walking across the road yeah. and they have to stop, like put the brakes on, go yeah. around her or wait for her to go. And then there's a, another woman that, or another, you know, whatever. And then the chicken. there's a chicken later and they like literally crash. They're not, well, no, they uh, did. not, they didn't, but cops the cops, did. cops literally crashed uh, because of the chicken. And then they have to go tell their boss, you know, tell the, tell the, the to the cops or whatever they're, uh, the chief or whatever uh it is in france that uh we can we can get them oh, you know they talk yeah. about the polet oh, we killed the polet that uh, we uh i don't even know how you say kill but but then then francine lets the cat out of the bag you see what i did there i see what <laughs> she, did there. <laughs> she tells john his real name yep she found the truth about him. She did some research, and, and he tried to hide it for a little bit. Though he was, he was trying to be like, "Well, I, if I were this person that you say I am, uh, you know, but I'm not, uh, you know." And she's like not buying it whatsoever. She knows. Well, she she caught on because he doesn't talk like a tourist, like a typical American tourist. He talk he doesn't talk about baseball, Senate throws, wage freezes. And he says that's those are the things he escaped America. He says you know? that's why I left. Yeah, that's why I left for America because of those things. Yeah, so, which I thought was funny. I mean, she never gets up though. She says, uh, "I'm inviting you to dinner at my place at 8 p.m." He says, "I don't have a watch." She said, "Well, steal one." You know. <laughs> Because it's a cat, you know, you can steal oh, one. That's so funny. It's jewelry. There you go. 
Um, that that was kind of cute. Um, so he agrees. He agrees to meet her because she basically keeps keeps her cat claws right into him. She's just not letting him not letting him go. Not letting him go. And that's so funny because you wouldn't think that she'd be chasing him, but she is. She's absolutely one hundred percent chasing him. He, he hooks her because she doesn't roll over. He doesn't roll over for her like everybody else. Her mother even says that all the other boys roll over for you and beg. This guy, what did he steal from you? He, she didn't say it, but she stole her heart. Yeah. So that night she wears a diamond necklace. Remember to entice. Mm-hmm. Him. He thinks he's addicted to jewels. And I don't she even says something like, isn't it having this around my neck? Isn't that like being at a, uh, uh, a bar on yeah, an alcoholic? Yeah. Like, but basically, yeah. Comparing it to being an alcoholic, which yeah. I thought was kind of cute because when you think about, you know, uh, jewel thieves, they probably are, you know? Well, I don't know if they do it for the diamonds or for the thrill you know the adventure of actually getting away with something i don't know but yeah maybe. i don't know either but that's i think that's what she was trying to insinuate you know yeah. she she had it all wrong but uh that night her mother gets a surprise of her life she gets her jewel stolen mm-hmm. so that's when she goes berserk and she says uh you know i called the cops and told them everything you did tonight he says, okay. well, the boys here's the only problem i have with that period you know is if he were to you know she should have known like if he were to actually like if he knows that she knows who he is her mother would be the last person she would go for right, right. because like the number one thing is you're going to sp- suspect me now the mother remember the mother didn't care you know yeah right? she actually said you know you know you know what honey your father was a lovable swindler and John is a bigger operator on every level. And she loves him for it. She says, I'm like, cool. This, this old dame is cool. Yeah. She give a shit. She's going to get her money back. She doesn't care about the jewels. Well, she never, she even said it was a, uh, it was, it was a burden having them anyway. And it feels, you know, freeing to, ha- it, she was like, it feels better to have them stolen, you know, like, or whatever. Like, I think she, yeah, get rid of them and, you know, because she said she only wore them because she felt like she had to, you know, show off. Yeah. You know, and whatnot. So now she doesn't show off. She If she doesn't have them, she can't show off. And so she feels like it's kind of weight off her shoulders. And she wants I don't, to appreciate it for herself, not her jewelry. Yeah. I'm that way. Too. I don't wear jewels. I don't wear jewelry either. No, no watches. Well, it's a. I mean, I'm no. kind of like I'm more like uh, Grace Kelly's character because I don't like things around my neck that are cold. Like I don't like cold yeah, stuff. Like, just... uh, the only jewelry I have is a watch, and yeah. I only have it because, yeah. uh, and it's not a jewelry. I actually had a really nice like Rolex type watch then, and I hated it. I don't you know. Think, yeah, a guy across the street just got robbed of his watch, and I, I mean, knew somebody before the him that got robbed it. I would rather wear this and like $10 tennis shoes than dress up like stuff that people would want to steal. Like, I just, I don't get, you don't want to call attention to yourself. Really, It's like that. And I just, I mean, I just don't care, you know, and I'm kind of like them. I'm not a jewel jewelry person. 
but uh but anyway so she uh yeah the cops get called yep the cops barge in and guess who uh, where john goes <laughs> out the window just like he always does yeah and but we're about we forgot to mention that's how the uh thief got in too is through oh, the, yeah, uh, the uh, dumbwaiter right or something or the elevator no 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 they got in through the um the window because the window was open so they noticed that the window was open down the elevator shaft or the, the dumbwaiter i don't think so i think oh, it was whatever. i thought it was the because i saw the door, the window of the thing open already okay. so right. i think they the guy oh. person came in there stole the stuff and went right back out because they're doing the exact same thing he's doing you know they're copying him you know and uh that's how he would get in is through he said something about coming down that this little shaft i don't think so but i mean i could be wrong yeah. uh, just okay all right um so anyway he gets away and uh mrs that, that's when they have a little tiff the mother and daughter mm-hmm. you know what she you know she's not used to a man like that who won't roll over and she's francine says he's just a worthless thief and Mrs. Stevens says, what did he ever steal from you? And yep. of course, she can't answer, but and it shuts her up, meaning she stole her heart. Right. right. Yeah. So anyway, so then the next night it's Silva's house. She gets robbed. Right. And John got a note in a shopping basket. Stay away. My night to yowl. So I said, oh, my God. OK, now we're on to something. And then uh, the inspector's worried for John. He says, you're, you're going to get killed. Mm-hmm. She, Pursuing this, and then there's a night montage. This is the only problem I had with the whole movie. It was way too long. They held on each scene. Remember in the dark, like twenty seconds on the house, twenty seconds on the bush, twenty to thirty seconds on each thing. I mean, they could have flipped it faster. But anyway, it's a very little thing. Well, there's three people in the shadows, and one of them gets hit on the head, and you think it's John, right? But it's mm-hmm. not. And you don't know who in the hell just got hit in the head and then he got jumped over the cliff and he died. And you find out it's Fusad, the father of Danielle. Mm-hmm. And the next day, la shot is mort, means the cat is dead in the French newspapers. And then, uh, <clears throat> and then, uh, then they, John realized, you know, it couldn't have been Fusad because he has a limp, he has a wooden leg, he lost it in the war. He couldn't be around all those like roofs, you know, roofs and stuff. Climb roofs. So who could it be? Well, there's only one answer to that. And so you went to the funeral. Yeah, tell us about the funeral. Well, you went to the funeral, and all the police are there, you know, and whatnot. And uh, uh, these the people start talking to uh, John, and uh, the the daughter, you know, Fushad's daughter comes in and starts yelling at john you know and basically cursing at him you know and john slaps her hard like i have never seen somebody get slapped so hard they fell on the ground i was like ouch and uh so he leaves but before he leaves like everybody's kind of like crouching him and stuff they want to to attack him yes Pushes them aside. That, pushes them aside. Yeah. Can you imagine that really happening? <clears throat> it was it was awkward as hell. For like, I, I felt weird watching he it. The daughter at his father's funeral. Nobody yeah. I, I didn't I didn't buy that at all. 
I didn't like it when I saw it because I was like, okay, like if he slapped her that hard, you know, at the daughter of the person, there would have been like gasps. There would have been people coming up to him saying they would have probably punched him in the face. One person would have. Yeah, because I mean, you don't even if you get mad, the person's calling you a murderer, you know, or whatever. Oh, yeah. Especially if you call them a murderer. She said, get out of here, killer. Yeah. And then she said, murderer. And she starts screaming in French. And then he slaps her. And uh, that's when, like, so. Even before he went to the funeral, do you know why he went to the funeral? He tells Francine, I think, uh, he says, he wants to find the real cat, the one that's purring, you Mm -hmm. know? And so he found her. Uh, she yeah. wasn't her and she was uh, yowling. But yeah. he was pretty sure it was her, but he wasn't 100% sure. Well, who could have done it so well but a young girl? You know, this agile. She'd have to be, you know. Well, he also, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that when we get to the, the thing. Um, this show is going a lot longer than we normally do, too. Normally know, it's, it's an so hour, fun. but I, there's so much stuff that cool. happened. A lot of notes. Um but anyway, to get cut to the chase, uh, right after that, I think the, the ladies go to this costume bar as a gala. Yep, and uh, they're wearing all the jewelry, and they're basically the bait, you know, and for the cat. <laughs> who are they with? Oh, this they're with the cat. Guy, right? You oh, know, what? He's a oh. the guy they're with wearing blackface, but it's a clever disguise because it could be anybody and we automatically assume well it's got to be john and of course it is but not for long so that's where he fooled him right which i i'm a little shocked that they did the blackface thing but then again well, it was 1950s it well, wasn't as you know and do blackface that i knew pretty well and i'm not going to say who right. but i've got photos in an album of some people i knew they were in blackface so i mean it was things people did unfortunately well you know it's not looked at well today oh um but back standards though that's the problem what you're racist and i don't think so they just had a strange sense of humor it was uh, just it was a different thing you know different time different you know you know whatever it, it was i think it wasn't until like the 80s and 90s where people when people did it it really felt uncomfortable oh yeah like you know? over had uh, Je- what's his face the guy in cheers do it and they got ripped for that uh, the guy that started in cheers she had him dressed in black head head dancing head dancing yeah so oh did not know that covered for that yeah that was a big uh, gaff <clears throat> but anyway yeah. Yes, so he's he's there in blackface and he's uh, walking around with them and then he sort of notices the cat, you know, and goes after her, I believe, right? Isn't that like kind well, of what he, happened? He, he, she makes a ruse like, could you please go back and get my aspirin for me or whatever? And so he goes back and changes with HH, the insurance inspector. And then she, he pretends to be him and they dance and they do the whole thing. They're the last one to leave the floor. And I'm thinking it's still John. I'm like, how is he going to get up on the roof? And but he's already up there. So mm-hmm. it, got, it fooled me. And it, that was pretty good because I was watching it pretty close. And so he's up there watching for her. And he finally gets movement. And it's the girl. 
right? Yep, he takes off her mask to reveal the girl. Yeah. Which were you seeing that coming when you first watched it? I she fooled me all the way through, but you know, I I have to give him credit for that. The you know, I, I'm usually pretty good at catching you know who it is right away, but or are you least, saying you're usually good at catching the thief? Not the thief, but the the guilty one. <laughs> but uh, in this particular case, the not not so thief, the original thief, but. Um, well, no, the real one actually. Yeah, um, no, the real one. She was, yeah, she was, right. she was, she was the one who sent the note. She's. Yeah. I mean, no. it starts making sense after you see it. Like, why is she there? Why is she keep yeah. kind of flirting oh, with him? Did you catch that right away? What? Did you know it was her? No. Right away. No. I just. Uh, I don't know why. It's but just... I'm one of those people that I I never hardly ever guess because. Uh, to me, sometimes it takes the fun out of out of the answer, you know. Because like, if you watch a slasher movie that has like a person in a mask, and you got to find out who the killer is by the end of it, if you guess it from like the very beginning of the movie or something, like it's that guy, you know, right? Then you're not gonna once you once the the reveal happens, you're not gonna be like, oh my god, I was right. Ah, that's amazing. You're gonna be like, god damn it, I was right. My wife and my daughter can figure this stuff out better than I can for some reason. That's a woman's intuition, maybe. I don't know, but they they use. Well, they can probably also tell sometimes with the way <laughs> mannerisms and the way people yeah. are. But whatever. Anyway, um, so you find out it's the girl, and uh, there's a chase. I love that last scene where they wrestle. She tumbles. She falls. She catches. He catches her hand. She's dangling by one hand. And then the, the 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 jewels fall and scatter. And then he says, "Tell him the truth, or I'll drop you, damn it!" And she finally, you know, after much resistance, tells him, "It's Bertani behind this whole thing." I think, yeah, because he had to ask, because he says, "You know, who put you up to it?" And he, uh, she yells that her father had put her up to it. And he's like, "Well, that's convenient that he's dead. Who else put you up to it?" Yeah, who was behind the whole thing? I thought, "Who's Bertani?" I had to go back and watch it again. Yeah, who's Bertani? It's the guy who was friendly with him. Yeah, because you barely—he never really says his name much, you know. No, so I missed the whole thing. I thought, oh my god, it's always the guy that's friendly. It's going to stab you in the back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was so many surprises. You know, three surprises at the end. It was so cool. But then the fourth one, the last one, was when they're they shake hands. You know, goodbye. You know, I'm not coming with you. And then they hug and then they kiss. And then she says something like, oh, my mother would love your place. And then he pulls back and it's like, oh, God. And then it he ends the end. Yeah. He almost had him. You had the hook in his mouth, but he pulled back. Yeah, of course. Well, at that point, he was just like, uh-oh. You know, yeah. no, I don't know if I want to have you and mom living in my yeah, my house. But uh, I think they're a package deal if you uh, if you get the. the it was such uh, a great movie. It had so many wonderful things in it. So, yeah, it would have been interesting to see like a sequel, but it wouldn't have been like to catch a thief too. It just oh, would have been. Oh, guess what, John? Uh, my God, they're doing a remake. Oh God, they're making a remake this year. Oh Jesus! Who's in it? You have to check. Oh, I gotta look at this right now. Um, so there's a remake already. Yeah, it's in the works. Catch um, a thief. Let's see who's in it. Uh, it's in development, but it won't tell me who's in it. Yeah, I think I had the name, but I didn't write it down. Uh, 
But anyway, stay stay tuned for that, folks. If you don't uh, see when this one, the- this makes me sad though, because I actually thought about it and said, "Oh, it'd be good to like, you know, this movie is a, um, you know, this would be cool to have a, um, you know, reboot." But like, then I started thinking, we don't really have cat burglars anymore. You know, you don't really hear about jewelry thieves like this. You know. So where would it go? Would it be like, would they be online heisting people and have to do this shit all on cyber? No uh, oh, wow. Gal Gadot is uh, attached they, to star. Actually, the only person I would think right now that could fill the only two people I think could fulfill the, uh, the Grace Kelly spot would be Gal Gadot who's great in uh, like Wonder Woman and, you know, she's just beautiful. She's like, she is an Amazon, you know, kind of beautiful woman uh, or uh, Mark Margot Roby, uh, who I'm surprised they didn't go with her. Um, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Margot Roby, but she's, and her last name is Roby spelled the, you know, same way. So that'd be funny. Well, there you go. But no, they, they're going with Gal Gadot, which yeah. uh, you know, I don't know who's directing it, but it says, uh, okay. Uh, Paramount Pictures is planning to remake the classic 1955 thriller to catch a thief with Gal Gadot attached to star. Uh, according to Deadline, the studios hired Eileen Jones, best known for her work uh, on Fox series Particle Sun, to write the remake. Uh, the original movie considered a masterpiece. Um, let me see if there's anything else. Uh, no. When was this? This is when was this? Uh, this is old. Oh, this is January 14th, 2022. So it's not too yeah, no. you know, just hasn't you know how long movies sometimes take to actually go from development to actual production, you know, years. So um hopefully it won't take that long hopefully it'll be out by next year you know or something but all in all it was it was a very pleasant movie no, um I, it's probably really, one of my favorites yeah I mean, I, hands down and i say that a lot for a lot of these movies so far so you know top five yeah um so mr hitchcock has been joining me oh god That's yeah great. i've got a little uh pop uh what is it? Uh, action. Well, in action figure because he doesn't move around. But uh, yeah, he's got. Look, it's the psycho one too. He's got to speak right. You could squeeze his belly and he talks. Can't really, can't really see it. <laughs> uh, no, you don't. He doesn't talk. But if you can yeah, see that, it actually says psycho on it. So anyway, it was cool. It's cool. I like that. I like having him around. Um he's uh I've, I've had him a while back but i just found him recently so i'm like oh well he's perfect for having on my uh desk because i've uh hooked on hitchcock you know yeah. so all in all this was a pleasant movie uh very enjoyable if you haven't seen it and we just spoiled the fuck out of it sorry i mean you <laughs> could not have listened when yeah, we're you spoiled. know sorry for spoiling it for you but no well i mean you should have listened when that's your fault you know like you're still gonna enjoy it believe me no you matter. would still enjoy it there's 
there's a lot more that we probably even talk about and discuss because there's just so much going on with this movie that happened. I mean, it, it is one of those you've got to watch more than once. Um, I just, I loved this, the scenery, uh, especially in France, the France scenery and stuff, just beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous. Uh, the, the, the opening scenes, when they, the drive, the drive up the road and all that. Oh God. Know. And the winding roads that yeah. they have. And uh, just the, the helicopter or the like helicopter airplane shots yeah. of the of the place the overhead oh man it was just wonderful just made me go oh man i almost want to live there or go visit at least well you so, got sometime before you die that's so. eh, on my bucket list no we'll see um i mean honestly i'm not a traveling kind of guy uh if i if i were to travel it'd be it'd be okay but i'm you know, it's the funniest thing. Whenever I, whenever I go to visit places, you know, I really just want to get back home, you know, as quickly as possible. Even if I'm excited to be there, I'm just like, I'd rather be in my bed. I'd rather be in my room. You know, I know. That's why you travel, so you you miss it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because then you don't get the chance to miss it if you don't go anywhere. You know. Um, there you go. So everybody go check it out. Uh, it's available on Blu-ray. It's available on uh, uh, DVD and streaming, I believe. Prime. But yeah, on Amazon Prime to like rent. Um, and uh, yeah, I I will be putting my Letterboxd uh, review of this. Uh, I would probably, honestly, out of five stars, I'd probably give it four or four and a half. I'm depending you know, it is it is a very good movie. Um, you know, we've been watching some good ones. We watched Frenzy last month, and we watched this one. Frenzy shocked me how good it was. Like, I, I I'd heard it was good, but I didn't know it was. You know, you know what I mean. Sometimes you hear that, and you're like, yeah, I guess we'll see. But I didn't I didn't like some of the movies I haven't shown you yet. This so. this was a little comedic too, so you had that element. So that kind of Hitchcock. Cool. I mean, Hitchcock likes his humor, you know, yeah. his dry, um, sort of movie. dark, morbid humor, and there was a lot of that in there, yeah. you know, especially with the uh, Miss Stevens, the mother. She she yeah. provided a lot of, and as I said, like later she was in uh, oh, North yeah. Northwest as his as Carrie oh, Grant. I don't know if it was later or which one came first. Well, when the daughter reveals that, you know, John Robbie's the, the, the thief, she goes, oh, that's wonderful, dear. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It's like, that's my kind of woman. <laughs> I do believe they wanted, uh, so in North by Northwest, they had Eva Marie Saint uh, as the, uh, the, the blonde you know and uh if i if i'm correct they wanted princess uh princess uh kelly but um uh they could not get her um yes uh joyce uh, jesse royce landis was only seven years older than carrie grant who plays her son in the previous film to catch a thief she played his prospective mother-in-law you know um but yeah i i don't know i i thought maybe by some chance um 
<laughs> so anyway, can't wait to do that one. That one we're gonna do next uh next year. Okay. You know, um we won't do it this year, this season, because uh uh I've got another one that I wanna do that is the those North by Northwest is a popular, you know, one. And just like Psycho we did last year, where I save those for finales, you know, we don't want to do them first because you know we want to do more of the ones that not everybody talks about and not everybody talks about this movie they should oh yeah absolutely you know it should be more talked about but it's you know what (laughs) what's our next one oh all right good question i had it uh i believe so yes uh it is stage fright all right great for August, so uh, a movie I have not actually seen of Hitchcock's. So neither I don't think have you seen it. I have never seen it. No. So I, I have uh I have rented it once at the library, and then I just totally forgot to watch it or something. You know, sometimes when you rent something, you just totally maybe you get too preoccupied and never get a chance to ch- actually check it out or something. So I, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but uh, I'm totally excited. Uh, I'm probably going to buy it on Blu-ray. It's on Blu-ray for like 17 bucks. I'm probably going to buy it because, you know, if you want to see the movie, you want to see it in the best um, way possible. Plus I want to have every Hitchcock movie that ever existed on Blu-ray or, you know, or whatnot. So um, eventually, you know, um working my way up there i had to catch a thief on blu-ray and it looks just absolutely gorgeous i hope they actually bring it to 4k because it would look even better i think um and i'm surprised this is not on paramount plus since it's a paramount movie maybe it will be once the remake comes out you know uh-huh. um, i don't know if it is on uh paramount plus but i don't think it is um I don't think so. I guess it's on like TCM or one of those Turner Classic Movies or one of those things. So, anywho, uh, check it out if you haven't got a chance to. Let us know what you guys think. Um, and check out our websites, uh, sickflickproductions.com, indiefilmcafe.reviews, indiefilmcafe.poppy.com, where you're at right now. And uh, also patreon.com backslash indie film cafe where for one dollar one dollar a month you can get a bonus uh podcast at the end of the month uh and you can listen to all the other previous bonus uh podcasts uh g larry butler was on one uh the the first one of the season where we talked about the double d avenger um, oh we reviewed that movie and uh after watching it when g larry butler was here in town so uh, you can listen to that podcast. It was wonderful, you know. Yeah, I'm a lot lighter than I used to be. <laughs> but, uh... Right. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, uh, check that out. Tell us what you guys think, uh, and uh, let us know if you guys are interested in hearing more uh, of our stuff. Like, uh, there's other indie film cafe also has other films or other podcasts, other like indie film cafe itself. Uh, which G. Larry Butler's been on numerous times, uh, and we'll continue. We'll we'll bring you back, you know. Um, and then uh, uh, there's also '80s horror films and 
uh, horror film lovers, Hollywood Boulevard podcast, Hollywood knockbusters. There's just way too many. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel that you guys can check out and see all the different po- uh, video casts on there. So um, check that out as well. It just uh, go on the search Indie Film Cafe on YouTube. Very simple. Fantastic. Until then, thank you guys so much. And thank you, uh, Larry, for coming on the show and My joining pleasure. me. Uh, au revoir, mon ami. Viva la France. <laughs> Viva la France. Bye, everybody.